Hey there, Strong Mom. Welcome to the Mom's New Strong Show, a show that inspires, educates, and motivates you to ditch the weight loss and fitness drama and create a fit and healthy lifestyle that you love, all centered around down-to-earth and practical solutions that will leave you feeling inspired and ready to take action. I'm your host, Jessica May, fitness and nutrition coach, hot mess mama too, a recovering perfectionist, and a lover of all things sprinkles and Mexican food. I'm also a woman on a mission to help you strengthen your body and mind so that you can be the best version of yourself. Ready to unleash your inner and outer strong mom? Let's get started. Hey, strong mom. Welcome back to another episode. I'm excited to be here. It's been a few weeks since I podcasted. My mic broke and then it took a couple of, it took a few days or so for my new mic to come in. I was having problems finding something, you know, with everything going on and the mic that I wanted was sold out. So anyways, it was like this big thing, but I now have on the good news, I have a mic, but a new mic and even better mic. So the sound quality is going to be even better. And to be honest, this is probably the fourth time I'm trying to record this episode for you guys. I tried yesterday. My kids weren't having it. I kept getting interrupted, but it's morning time. They're asleep right now. And also it gave me more time to think. So I have even more things to share with you guys today in regards to today's episode. So pretty excited about that. It's going to be a really good episode. And I think it's going to be very, very helpful for you guys considering as much posts and things I've seen in regards to like food cravings and, you know, hashtag quarantine cravings. Um, So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about food cravings. So I'm really going to break it down for you guys. And we're not, I'm not just going to give you tips on how to manage food cravings, but I'm actually going to explain to you guys what some underlying issues could be that are causing food cravings because here's the deal a lot of the times when it comes to food cravings when it comes to fitness and health weight loss all that stuff right motivation and willpower are something that are way overused. And so we have this notion that we have to willpower, we have to motivate through everything. And that's really like putting a bandaid on something. So if we can actually uncover what are the actual reasons why we're having these food cravings, we won't have to power through and we won't have to use motivation and willpower. Because if you are human, which I'm pretty sure you are, if you're listening to this like me, (laughs) um, that only works for so long and within reason. So if you've never looked up anything in regards to motivation and willpower, the thing is, it's like a battery. So when you wake up, you have this fully charged motivation and willpower battery. But over the day from making decisions, um, from using it for, you know, whatever little things, especially decision making, um, that will take away from your willpower and motivation batteries. So guess what? By the end of the day, you're drained. That battery could be on empty. And this is why in the evenings, it's so much harder not to give into those food cravings is because your willpower is just shot for the day. It has nothing to do with you lacking in some sense. It just means that you're freaking human. And that's just, you're fatigued for the day already, all right? And mental decisions. And so it's just easier to give into those cravings. So keep that in mind. So we're not going to talk today. I'm not going to give you any of these motivational speeches about you just got to willpower and motivate through because that's bullshit and there is a better way. So what I hope for at my goal is by the end of today's episode, you are actually able to uncover some actual 
actionable things that you can do that are actually going to help your food cravings long term so you don't have to rely on motivation and willpower. So before we even get started on deciphering your cravings, let's talk a little bit about the difference between hunger and cravings. And I know you're probably thinking like, Jessica, I already know this, but let's just kind of recap. So that way we have this idea of really understanding what an actual craving is. So a hunger is a physical legitimate need to eat food and cravings are more of a want for a certain type of food. So it's not like a physical need. So how can we really tell the difference? Well, with hunger, you're going to have those cues like your stomach growling, those physical cues. Um, you're going to feel like I need to eat right now or I'm going to be hangry, right? That hangry, angry, feel hungry, angry feeling. And you're not wanting a certain type of food. So that's a really big uh, cue, right? So if you are not wanting something like a certain type of food, you're just really hungry hungry, like you're just like, I don't care what it is. I just need to eat. That's more likely hunger. And if you haven't eaten anything in the last like two, three plus hours, then more than likely it's hunger. And also when you're hungry and you eat, you don't really feel guilty afterwards the same way you do with a craving, right? Like we all know how that feels. We go like a little bender or we eat something that we really didn't want to. And then we feel guilty about it. And that's more, um, with cravings and a craving also is going to be that want or need for something very specific. It's like you have to have it right then and right there. And it kind of can feel a little compulsive. And then when you're around it or you start eating, you feel like you're a little out of control with that food. Um, you can, uh, another way to know cravings, like if you've eaten in the last you know, hour or two and you ate a really good meal with high protein and it was well balanced and now you think you're hungry, then you're probably having a craving. <laughs> All right. So those are some ways to tell the difference. So now let's talk in, about cravings in general. So there are two types of cravings we can have. We can have a physiological or we can have a psychological. So what does that mean? We can have something, a craving that is emotionally based. That's your psychological. Or you can have something, a craving that is actually something going on in your body. And as you're going to see later on, a lot of this has to do with hormones, lovely hormones, right? So that can trigger cravings within us. So let's talk about the emotional eating. I know this is something that you know what I'm talking about. So example is you had a shitty day and you just want to come home and eat ice cream and watch Netflix on the couch and just zone out. And so that's really what we're doing whenever we are emotionally eating, we are buffering out our emotions. Instead of dealing with that emotion, that's how we're dealing with it, <clears throat> by eating and not by actually feeling that emotion. It's called buffering. So what we could actually do instead is start learning how to feel that emotion and work through it. And, and this is something, guys, that I personally have to work on and have to remind myself that it's part of a human experience to have negative emotions as well as positives. I'm always trying to chase that positive feeling. And I think we all are as humans, we rather have pleasure over pain, but understanding that it's not going to always be pleasure and changing the script and story that it's okay to feel negative emotions. It's okay to be in pain that, you know, that's just part of, like I said, the human experience and realizing that if you didn't know what pain felt like, if you didn't know what that was, you wouldn't be able to appreciate the joy and the pleasure and the positive emotions. So instead of 
buffering our emotions. We need to actually learn to just feel our emotions. And this is something I thought you guys would find really interesting is that an emotion is takes 90 seconds. So if you can go and you can research this on yourself if you want, but there is a thing called the 90 second rule. And it was a term that was created by Dr. Jill uh, Taylor. And um, I haven't read her book. I've just kind of read what this is. And she's a, uh, I think she is a neuro doctor or something. But anyways, what she found out is that when a person has a reaction to something in their environment, that there is a 90 second chemical process that happens in your body and then after that any um, remaining emotional release is just a person choosing to stay in that emotional loop so what does that mean is that means if after 90 seconds if you're not continuing that thought pattern of that negative emotion you can actually feel through that motion and it can be gone but so what happens though and i bet you if you really paid attention to your thoughts is when we have a negative thought we do like a loop pattern and we just re-loop that in our mind And so by doing that, we reactivate those negative emotions. But if we can learn to just sit with it, not repeat these negative emotional uh, thought or negative thought loops, then in 90 seconds, we can feel through that motion and it can be gone. And I know that's easier said than done, but I just want you guys to realize like that you don't, it's a choice to be stuck in a negative uh, vibe, right? Or a negative feeling, negative emotion. Um, I know I'm preaching to the choir guys. This takes a lot of work. I've done so much uh, mindset work over the years um, to help me by overcoming my depression and things like that. So I understand that this is, is hard and it's really hard also because I think our brains are just wired to um, search out the negative, to search out the bad. And the reason being, it's a survival mechanism because our ancestors, if they were like had no care in the world, then they wouldn't survive very long, right? With all the dangers that used to be in, you know, in our environment, we don't have as many, those kinds of dangers anymore. But our brain still reacts in the same way when it sees something negative. The same thing, like I, just a side note right now, guys, but if you're somebody that's watching the news a lot or you know right now I have to take breaks from social media because my feed is just so freaking negative and people are arguing and people are so opinionated without respecting other people's opinions and I just have to like get off there and so not because you know you're reading that stuff and your brain is reacting like it's sending this this flight or fight response and you're just triggering stress response okay and that's another thing you're going to realize when we talk about the psychological or the physiological aspects of cravings is how stress can play into uh, food cravings. So that's just something to think about. Like, what are you filling your day with and what are your thoughts? Because your thoughts become your thoughts become your emotions and your emotions become your actions. So it's a chain reaction of how we think to how we react. OK, and so if you are in my um, podcast, Facebook group we I've been doing like a a gratitude post every morning and this is why is to start the morning off with feeling feelings of gratitude so when we are grateful for things it, it helps us to put us in the right mindset so this is also about learning how to deal with our emotional eating in a positive way instead of buffering it through food so keep that in mind with emotional eating. So a lot of us are familiar with emotional eating and the aspect of negative emotions, but I want to shed some light that it can be for other emotions as well. And we're conditioned like this since we were kids. I want you to think about this. When you were little, what did your parents probably use as reward? 
food. Food is used as a reward. Like, you know, that's how we celebrate. That's how, you know, oh, we did a good job. Like, let's go out and have uh, drinks or pizza or whatever. So that's just part of our society. And, you know, that's not neither right or wrong. I think um, gathering around food food is like an awesome, beautiful thing, but also not letting it control your life or making it, um, letting it be the reason why you can't follow through on like other goals that you have, whether it be weight loss or health um, or just having a good positive relationship with food where you don't feel like food is controlling you. So being aware of those kinds of things as well and realizing that majority of what we do throughout the day is habit. So about 40 to 50% of your day is habit and food, we do, we eat food all day. Like food is just this thing that you just can't get away from, right? And it happens multiple times a day. So of course you're going to have these habits around food. So really becoming aware of what are your habits around food and um I always say this, guys, awareness is the first step to changing anything. I know it sounds like an AAA meeting, but it really is like you have to be aware of something before you can even change that, uh, change something. And that's what I tell my clients all the time. So a lot of the times when I first start working with somebody, and this is why a food journal, I have people keep food journals, is becoming aware of what our habits are around food because it is a relationship, right? This is not just um, about sustaining from food, about restricting ourselves, about willpower, about motivation. If you want long-term results as far as weight loss, as far as fitness, you have to change your relationship with food. You have to change your routine with food, your habits, okay? So becoming aware of that and knowing that there are multiple reasons for having food cravings. Like for instance, another emotion that causes food cravings is boredom. And that's me. I'm a freaking boredom eater (laughs) and I am aware of that. So because I'm aware of that, I can realize before I fall into that loop that I can actually do something about it, right? Like I can do something else and Instead of mindlessly sitting and eating, because what happens if time and time again, you're a boredom eater and you sit, the first reaction is to go grab a bag of chips and sit down and eat, right? Because you're bored. Well, guess what? It's going to start becoming automatic because it's a habit now. So being, like I said, being aware so that way you can make the switch and you can change that habit for yourself. Um, So those are some emotions that we can feel that can cause cravings, cravings. let me see if there's anything else that I missed. I think that's it on the on the emotional aspect. So now that I want us, uh, so now that I moved past that, let's talk about the physiological. Let's talk about what's actually going on in it on in your body that could be actually triggering um, these responses for cravings. And a lot of the times, this is going to have to do with hormones. Okay, so let's go ahead and start. I have a few things. I have a list here. The first thing I want to talk to you guys is, and first off, before I even start. Actually, I want you to come in with an open mind. I want you to realize that a lot of things I'm going to tell you are not rocket science. These are things that are fundamental, like health things that you should work on. So I have this saying, like a healthy body is a sexy body. So when you are fundamentally taking care of just the basics of your health, it makes things way easier in regards to like losing weight, getting fit. It's just your body works for you. You wouldn't want our body to work against us. And if you've had a hard time losing weight, a lot of times it's because your body's working working against you because you're probably not taking care of these underlining health issues. So keep that in mind as we're going through. So this is, like I said, not rocket science, but it makes a huge difference. I'm going to explain to you why, because a lot of these things we have heard that we should be doing, but we don't really understand how
how it affects us in regards to cravings and weight loss. And so we're going to talk about that. The first thing is sleep. So sleep is very important. This is one of the first things when I start working with somebody with weight loss, getting fit, you know, are you having good night's sleep? How much are you sleeping? It is important. And I know we know this, but do you understand why it's important? I'm going to explain to you why. So when you don't get enough sleep, the next morning, your stress hormone, your cortisol levels are raised, okay? Stress levels are raised. You also have a hormone called ghrelin, and that is the hormone that makes you feel hungry, okay? That is elevated. So the next day, your hunger hormone is elevated. Um, also, the other you have another hormone called leptin, and that makes you feel full. That is actually decreased. So you have this trifecta effect of hormones that are making you crave food. And if you don't believe me, guys, there are actual studies that show that there is a big difference in cravings when it comes to a lack of sleep. So the Journal of American Heart Association actually revealed this this link between sleep deprivation and high calorie foods, particularly in women. And this doesn't surprise me because women, we are more sensitive to hormone changes than men. So this survey had nearly 500 women between ages 20 to 76. And what they reported is those that had a poor sleep quality consumed more foods high in sugar, saturated fat, and caffeine. So this is what I found very interesting when it came to the study, is that according to the study, the 30% of women that slept fewer than seven hours, guys, so this isn't even that bad. This is just fewer than seven hours, okay? These women ate an additional 500 to 800 calories on average compared to those women that slept more. Guys, that and and whenever I tell somebody like, okay, when we talk about sleep, a lot of people think seven hours, six hours that that's decent sleep. It's not decent sleep. You really should be aiming closer for that eight plus hours. I think seven, like seven and a half, eight hours can be beneficial for a lot of people. I know I do pretty good on that. But anything less than seven, six hours, definitely anything less than six hours, you're going to be having these you're going to really feel these effects. And not only that is when you don't have, when you're not getting proper sleep, that increases your risk for type two diabetes and for obesity. There is a strong link between a lack of sleep and obesity. Um, So you can go do some more research on your own, but knowing that just by getting less than seven hours of sleep the next day, you're setting yourself up for this havoc of food cravings. Like your body is, that's how your body is going to naturally respond. And I know this and I, because I'm aware of this. So when I do get a lack of sleep, I do notice the next day, like I just want to eat a bunch of junk food. And another thing, guys, when you don't have enough sleep, you don't charge your willpower battery very well. So because you're lacking sleep, it's very hard to use the energy brain-wise to you know, have the self-discipline to, to restrain yourself. So you have that also working against you as well when you're not getting enough sleep. So bottom line, try to get seven or more hours of sleep or your body is going to be working against you as far as food cravings. So the next thing is I want to talk about is water. So once again, nothing rocket science, but I want you to hear me out here. So your body is 60 to 70% water. Your body needs water for all kinds of functionings, for your metabolism, for everything, guys. So it makes complete sense that when you are even slightly dehydrated, your body's not going to be working properly. Not only that is if... Uh, you're thirsty, your body does not know the difference between hunger 
hunger and thirst. It's the same signaling within your body. So it, it, you just it, it's hard to know. Am I really hungry? Am I really thirsty? You can't tell the difference. So keeping that in mind, I'm going to tell you guys a little tip too. Some people are like, man, I can't. I have a hard time drinking enough water, this and that. Get yourself a canister. So for me, I have a stainless steel canister. It's 32 ounces. And I know I need four of those throughout the day in order to get my gallon. So it makes it a lot easier than having to keep track of a bunch of bottles and a bunch of glasses throughout the day. And it also just creates a habit. Once again, if we can create healthy habits around things, the better. So it's a habit of me to have that, to drink out of that canister. So I take it with me wherever I go. And that makes it easy as well. This can make a huge difference, guys. I have talked to women before that have struggled with food cravings, and all I do is tell them, drink enough water. Try to drink a gallon of water a day, and it makes a huge difference. So sleep, at this point, we're talk- we've talked about sleep, and we've talked about water. Those are two things right now that you should have no excuses why you can't do. They're free. <laughs> a lot of you guys have the extra time to, to sleep in if you need to. On a, a note about sleep, though, just keep in mind that you get your most restore restorative sleep between midnight. So if you can go to sleep before midnight, that is ideal. Even though you get the same amount of hours of sleep, the hours before midnight actually matter um, matter the most. So now we've talked about sleep. We've talked about water. Um, the next thing, let me look at my notes that I got here. The next thing that we're going to talk about, guys, is skipping meals. Um, so skipping meals, not eating good, well-balanced meals, that is going to create food cravings. I want you to think about this. I know we've all been to a Chinese buffet, right? So what do we all joke around about within an hour or so what you're you're hungry again? And that's because more than likely you did not have a well-balanced um a well-balanced meal there because you ate a bunch of carbs. So when we just have when we do have meals that are just high in carbs, then we're going to have a quick, we're going to have an increase in insulin and then our insulin is going to decrease. And what happens? It's basically like a sugar rush, right? So then we are craving um, food because our insulin dropped. So we want to eat foods that are going to help to stabilize our blood sugar and to keep us feeling full longer. And that's going to be healthy fats and that's going to be protein. So when you eat your meals, even your snacks should be high protein and have some healthy fats. You can do that research on your own. I'm not going to use this episode to sit there and tell you guys what all of that means. Um, We're going to stick to what we're talking about, which is cravings. So really trying to have a well-balanced meal is going to help you to not have cravings an hour after. Remember, I told you one of the cues of knowing that that it's a craving is an hour later, you're hungry again. And it could simply just be because you are not eating a well-balanced meal. And of course, skipping meals, letting your blood sugar really drop, you're going to be really freaking hangry and hungry when you come to eat the next time. And then it's going to be really hard not to overeat your on your next meal. So we want to be ke- keeping consistent meals throughout the day. I really remember what works for me is three meals with a snack in between. Um, so one to two snacks a day is really what helps me in between my meals you got to figure out and find what works for you. The next thing is 
PMS. <laughs> we all know what what these are, right? We all know that this causes cravings. But sometimes um, I think a lot of us don't realize that PMS, that these hormone shifts can actually start a little sooner. We all know like, oh, it's a few days before my period or I'm on my period, I'm having food cravings. But for me personally, what I started learning when I started tracking um, my cycle is once I ovulate and once I go into my second phase of my cycle, uh, that could be one or two that's even one to two weeks before I even have my period I'm already having PMS symptoms so since I track my period I can be like oh wow yeah I have like 14 days before my period like that makes sense I'm having some cravings right now and then I can act accordingly and 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 know for me sometimes it just helps knowing what that underlining cause is and then I can like think it through and rationalize it a little bit better and not feel like I'm just this out of control person that doesn't have any willpower around food that there's actually a reason going on so if you don't track your period i really highly recommend you do that and you can download you know just go and search period tracker and you can find an app that works for you uh flow is a really good one it's one that you do have to purchase though it's like a monthly thing but anyways actually knowing where you are in your cycle can have um can be very helpful as well So that's something to keep in mind. And next, I want to talk about eating enough protein. So this is also going to help when it comes to um, not when it comes to making well-balanced meals and also when it comes to PMS. So ways that we can help our cravings is we can eat more protein. So protein is definitely more satisfying. It keeps us feeling fuller longer. Um, It's... uh, also going to help to increase our metabolism, to maintain or gain lean muscle, depending on what you're doing, if you're weight loss, if you're exercising. Um, so it's really just the, for really that main focus of macronutrients that you need to focus on. So macronutrients are just simply proteins, fats, and carbs, and protein is just one of those. And so if a good rule of thumb, if you're like, well, I don't know how much protein to be eating, you can download MyFitnessPal, use that as a tracker, food tracker, so you can start getting familiar with what's in your food. But one gram of protein per pound of lean body weight is ideal for um, your daily intake. So what does that mean? If you weigh 135 pounds, you need to aim to eat 135 grams of protein a day. And then also, if you are somebody that has over 20 pounds to lose, then I would kind of shoot more towards eating your um, ideal body weight and grams of protein a day. So if your goal is to get to be 150 pounds, then aim to eat 150 grams, okay, of protein a day. And I know it sounds like a lot, especially if you're not eating... used to eating high protein. So if you somebody that never tracked or has ever tried to eat high protein, I can guarantee you're not eating enough. On average, when I do nutrition consults, women are only eating half of the protein that they need in a day for their goals and for their health. So that's really, you won't really know where you stand unless you track your food. It's a very eye-opening. Once again, bringing that awareness piece so you know what to change and what, where, you know, you're having these issues. And if you're looking for some high protein treats that are really easy, 
easy. Say you have protein powder at home, most of us do. And uh, the protein shakes are getting old and you want something fun. I do have a guide for that. You can go to my website, www.mommasnushank.com forward slash protein treats. I'll put the link in the show notes so you can get it. And it's just, it's a quick and easy guide. It goes more over protein and, and it has 10 different protein treat recipes that you can make in five minutes or less that, you know, no cooking involved. So they're really easy when you have that sudden uh, craving that you want to fulfill. And then the last thing I wanted to talk to you guys about the physiological is eating too much junk food. So actually eating junk food is going to create an, a craving for more of junk food. There's a reason why, you know, the Pringles tagline is like, once you pop, you can't stop, right? And junk food is actually scientifically engineered by food scientists to make you crave it. Like it's a business, guys. So to th- so think about it, of course, they're going to try to create a product that keeps you coming back for more. And so there are actually food scientists that put these flavors together. And a lot of these times there's artificial flavors. So even things that seem like they're healthy for you. If it's a packaged food, you look it over and it says um, natural flavors. <laughs> like what the heck does that mean, right? That's probably a chemical <laughs> of flavors. So these things are engineered in order to light up your um your reward response in your brain so that you want more. So keep that in mind. So if you're eating junk food and then it just, you keep wanting more, there's a reason. And then also, once again, coming back to, are you drinking enough water? Are you getting enough sleep? Are you eating enough protein? Those things are going to help where you won't be craving those the, that junk food anymore. But it's just realizing that it's also a vicious cycle that once you start eating that junk food, more than likely you're gonna crave more. So if you can stop from eating it altogether, you can make things um, a little easier on yourself. I know, easier said than done. So with that said, let's jump into a few uh, tips that I have for food cravings in general that help. So one, a couple of these things, or one of the things that I really want to talk to you guys is a mindset thing about restriction. So when we are having, when we feel out of control around food, a lot of the times our first instinct is to restrict. Like if we could just restrict this and we can will, once again, coming back to the self-discipline and willpower, then if I can restrict, I can get through this, right? If only I could just stop eating this one thing. And I want to ask you this. Has that ever worked out for you doing the whole restriction thing? Like saying, I can't have no, I can't have any more carbs or I can't have any ice cream or I can't, whatever that favorite food of yours is when you restrict it does, how long does that really work out? My experience in working with other women, like it, it really doesn't. And I don't think that is a healthy relationship with food. I don't think that's a long term um, strategy. So let me cha- help you change your mindset and your story around this. So why not do this? This is what I found that has been very helpful is not restricting anything at all. Not telling myself, oh, I can't have this or I can't have that but rather telling myself that I'm just not going to have it in the house. Like I choose not to have this one thing in the house because I don't want it to have control over me or I don't want to feel out of control or have to use my willpower every time that I see this in my house. So I'm just not going to put it in my house, but it doesn't mean I can't have it. If I really, really wanted it, then I could go to the store and get it, right? So that's what I tell myself and it, and it helps me to not 
have this restriction around food because what I notice is when there's that restriction, it makes you want it even more. I don't know if it's like a thing. I haven't really looked into it too much if there's an actual physical, psychological thing to this or if it's just something we never grew out of as kids. But when we really uh, restrict something, it makes you want it more. I don't know what the deal is with it. So don't restrict it. Tell yourself you can have it whenever you want. Just don't keep it in the house. And what will happen is you'll get that craving and then you realize, oh, okay, if I really want to, I can go to the store. But then by the time you realize, like, I have to get the kids dressed, I can get myself dressed, we got to pack up, we got to get in the car. By the time you start thinking about that, the barrier to get to, like, the, it's just not worth it. And so it wants, it, it'll pass. And that going back to realizing, like I said, um, emotion lasts for 90 seconds unless we rethink a thought that activates that same emotion. So if we could just, you know, a lot of the times this is um, a craving can be an emotional thing, right? So if we can just feel through the emotion, let it pass, okay, whatever, I'm not, you know, then we're fine. So not having it in the house makes it less accessible where you have to go through that process and then you can go get it if you really want it, okay? So that's just a little mindset hack that I have to share with you guys. Another thing that will be helpful is realizing what kind of person you are. There are people that are quote unquote moderators and there are some that are not. So realizing, are you somebody that can have just a little bit of something and be fine with it? Or do you do better with sustaining, not having it at all? So I know this might sound a little counterintuitive to what I talked about when it came to restriction. Once again, I don't think this is a like, you will never have this thing ever again kind of restriction, but realizing what, how, how you think and how things work for you. Some of us can have some things in the house and moderate it and some things we can't. For me, it's certain foods I can moderate and certain foods that I find I have a little bit harder to do with that. So those are the foods that I don't keep in my house. And those foods that I really have a hard time moderating, if I have them here, are called, I call them kryptonite foods. So they're foods that once you start eating, it's really hard for you to stop eating. So those are things I just don't keep in the house. For me, trail mix is one of those things. I think the serving size is just ridiculous for trail mix. If you've ever looked at it, it's like one small little handful. Like who can eat only a small handful of trail mix? Like I can't. So I really don't usually keep trail mix in the house because if I'm, you know, don't get enough sleep then, or if I'm PMSing, all these things that are happening, they're making cravings really hard for me. And it's sitting right there. It's going to be very, it's going to be a lot more tempting. And I'd rather just not put myself in that position. But there's other things that don't bother me, like donuts and ice cream, those kinds of things don't, I can moderate those things very well. So those are things that I don't mind having in my house sometimes because it's just not something I have an issue with. So once again, knowing yourself, becoming aware, what are your trigger foods? What are foods that you can moderate? And that's, those are some tips to kind of keep in mind. Another thing is having something to do as a distraction. Remember, 90 seconds, if you can stop thinking about that food and reactivating that emotion around that food for 90 seconds, well, then you're going to let that emotion is going to pass, that craving is going to pass. So distracting yourself in some way, in some in a healthy way, <laughs> exercise can be that, you know, 90 seconds. Okay, if that's what it takes, like do 90 seconds of burpees, do 90 seconds of pushups, do 90 seconds of sit-ups. 
And the reason I'm saying exercise is because exercise gets you out of your head. And exercise I is another really good tip to kind of go into as well when it comes to cravings is for one, of course, it, it, it helps to regulate your blood sugar. But exercise is what I call a cornerstone habit. This is why I like to exercise in the morning and recommend exercise in the morning to get the most benefits is because when I do exercise, and I've noticed this for a lot of people too, whenever I exercise in the morning, then I just make better decisions all day long. And so that's why it's called a cornerstone habit. It's a habit that excels everything else. It's like once I do these this thing, I know everything else is going to start falling into place. And that's why I think exercise is so important, more so than just I, I'm trying to burn calories. Because really, guys, the amount of calories you burn in exercise, you can easily eat those back. But if if you are setting yourself up to make better choices throughout today, to be in a better mood, to um, really food is where it's at when it comes to weight loss, then you know exercise is really important in that sense, more so than actually just the calories you burn, but looking at what are the effects that I'm going to have from this exercise that carries me throughout the day. So that's another tip is getting exercise. Like I said, distraction, exercise is great. It gets you out of your mind. So if you are doing something that's high intense exercise for 90 seconds when you have a craving, guess what? Your mind is going to not have that uh, thought anymore that was stimulating that craving, okay? Also, it's really good for emotions too because exercise will get you out of that as well. Kind of gets you out of it kind of gets you into your body more than it gets you into your feels, okay? So really use exercise. A lot of us have a lot of time right now cuz we're quarantined, we're at home, so take advantage of those things. This is now the best time to start creating the healthy habits. So things that you said you wanted to do that you didn't have enough time for, now you have the time for the meal planning, the getting your nutrition down, exercising, creating these habits so that way whenever we get out of quarantine, guess what? You've created these habits. It's easier now to keep moving forward with those habits. So just to kind of give some reminders, you know, if you're you're having these cravings, it's like kind of go through that checklist of things that am I having? An, what was the emotion that I was feeling? Did I get enough sleep last night? Have I drank enough water today? Did I have a really good meal? Did I skip or did I skip a meal? Um, am I PMSing right now? Did I do I need to eat more protein? Did I eat, eat enough protein today? Did I just have some junk food that's making me crave more junk food? So those are some um, things to keep in mind and kind of cue yourself and start learning about yourself. This is a really fun learning experience. And, and once again, having that mindset shift of seeing, seeing in that way and not seeing it like, oh, I just have no control around food. It's because I just lack self-control. I'm just lazy. I'm this, I'm that. All these self-limiting beliefs and these stories that I'm telling myself what I'm doing and what I did right now is I told you all these things to empower you because you can change and you can improve. This is not just a set thing where you just suck at motivation or real power, guys. Like there's other things going on that you have full control over changing and and progressing through. So keep those in mind. And as um, to help you guys out with this, I did create a food cravings. Um, I'm calling it a food cravings like cheat sheet. And so it has what we talked about today. Um, not only that, but it also has a what is your food cravings personality quiz, which is really fun that can help you to figure out what kind of emotional eater you are. 
It's a really uh, quick and simple little quiz you can take. So you can download that at, if you go to www.mamasushong.com forward slash food cravings, you can get a hold of that cheat sheet. Of course, um, it will be in the show notes as well. But I hope you guys enjoy this. I think this is a really good episode to come back on after not you know, being able to podcast for a couple of weeks, but I'll leave you guys with that. But for now, go out there and be the strong mom that you know you are. And I will see you in the next episode. Bye for now. Hey there, mama. Are you trying to figure out how to lose the last of the belly fat, but also have strong curves in all the right places with a booty that would make JLo proud? You've lost the majority of the baby weight, but now you want to take your fitness to the next level by gaining lean muscle and transforming your body. So you've Googled things like how to gain lean muscle, how to get tone, and you've tried free fitness challenges from Instagram fitness chicks, but you're still stuck and nothing seems to be working. I hear you loud and clear. I've totally been there. And you could totally trial and error it like I did for a few years, but I don't want you to get so frustrated that you give up in the process altogether. So I created this simple and right to the point guide that explains the top five fitness mistakes you are making that are keeping you stuck. These are the top five things that I continue to see sabotaging women's results. And these are the five top things that I struggled with and I had to learn to overcome when I had to take, when I wanted to take my fitness to the next level. So you're going to want to go ahead and grab this free guide. You can go to www.mamasnewstrong.com forward slash five mistakes. That's www.mamasnewstrong.com forward slash five mistakes, because I don't want you to make these same mistakes in 2020.